I thought, actually, this morning, you know, last night when it was still raining, that I might have been canoeing here but this morning, but obviously the, the rain stopped, which is good. Um, it's been a bit of a dreary summer, hasn't it? Yeah? Are you with me on that? Uh, I think I'll scream if anybody mentions hosepipe ban in the coming weeks, I think. <laughs> so, it's 25 years ago this week since I had my first worship song published. I know what you're thinking. 10 years of age is very young for someone to have a song published. No, actually, I was, I was 25, so that's a fib. But um, this song, I'll tell you a bit more about it in a, in a little while, but it featured on uh, an album called Worldwide Worship. It wasn't a very popular album. It didn't sell many copies, but nevertheless, it was on this CD. And I was sent a free copy of this CD, and it just so happened that at the same time that week, Kate and I picked up uh, a new car, okay? And it was a Renault Clio. It was a 1998 Renault Clio, and it was in straw yellow, okay? Which just meant very bright yellowy gold. This is what, this is what the color was. Uh, I've got a picture of it here. This is, this is it. Now, if you look carefully at this picture for long enough, you'll see a dolphin, Now, if you don't have any clue why people just left, it's perfectly understandable. Last week, John showed us this picture, this impenetrable picture of gobbledygook, basically, and he expected us to stare at it long enough until we saw a 3D image of a, of a dolphin. Not a single person. I don't think... Did one person see it, John? One person out of about 900 people. That's right, yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> So it was a really, but anyway, that picture, so just keep that picture up again. But anyway, Kate and I, funnily enough, we just went to Tring on Friday for a, a piece of cake the size of a small house at Black Goo. Has anybody else been to Black Goo? They are incredibly big pieces of cake there. Anyway, so, and we saw, on our way back, we were driving back, and we saw a 1998 or 1999 Renault Clio in exactly that same color, by the side of the road, outside a house, not just abandoned, just uh, by the side of the house. So that was just a coincidence. But anyway, back 25 years ago, this car had a CD player built in. Now, that was a big deal 25 years ago. If you got a car that had a CD player built in, it was amazing. So this is the car that we played that album, Worldwide Worship, in 25 years ago, and we Listened to it when we were traveling on holiday uh, shortly after that. So this song then was, uh, had a very catchy original title called Praise the Lord, okay? And it had this title because it was based on Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all you angels. Come and praise the Lord. Another of the Psalms, Psalm 98, says, Sing to the Lord a new song. And that isn't the only Psalm that uses that amazing phrase. Psalms 33, 96, 144, and 149 also include that phrase. And it's really striking. Sing a new song to the Lord. So I'd like to set that phrase in context. I'm going to read 
the whole of uh, Psalm 98. Now, it's not that long. It's about nine verses, so I'm just going to read it to you so we can see that in context, why singing a, a new song to the Lord is so important. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with the trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people's with equity. For weeks now, I've had a clear sense of us singing a new song as a church, of something new emerging, something unwritten until now. New hope bursting defiantly from pain and loss. New light cascading into darkness and complexity and gloom. We are singing a new song. We're embodying something new. The Holy Spirit is working creatively in and through us. And I've got that impression in our worship, in meetings, in prayer, in many conversations with you and others. And from the words and pictures, the Holy Spirit is inspiring in many of you. And that you've shared those and they've resonated with other people. And it's striking that this new song isn't emerging in a time of comfort and when everything is going well and smoothly. The new song we're singing is rising up out of pain and it's rising up out of difficulty. But nevertheless, this new song of the Lord is rising up. In the life of our church, the new song is rising out of a vast amount of hurt expressed both within this church and further afield. It's rising out of a time when we feel disorientated, bewildered, and maybe even lost for words. And beyond here, this new song is rising up in a difficult time for us as people across this country and further afield in this country, with inflation and interest rates and the cost of living many are under pressure. I, I don't know about you, but when Kate and I go to the supermarket, we leave in a state of shock. You know, shock at the cost of things, shock at the price. And imagine if that shock is even greater. You know, when you are completely anxious about the cost of living and not having enough to make ends meet. More and more of us are struggling in that way. And I know some of you here are struggling and it's a real worry. And then major parts of our country are under strain. The NHS, long waiting lists affecting the way that we are seen for uh, the consultations or the treatment that we need. Our schools are under strain 
our teachers and all the people who work in education being asked to do more teaching with less resource, struggling to balance the budgets. The list goes on. And for us personally too, we all have the different things that we're facing in our own lives, those struggles that are particular to us. Family troubles, work troubles, health troubles, or a combination of all three. We can think that new songs emerge only out of the good times, when the sun is shining and the birds are singing and our football team is winning. Incidentally, the championship has got off to a really good start football-wise. Watford are top of the league. We've only played one game, but nevertheless, top of the league. More importantly, Stoke are second. Okay, I'm just saying. Be great, though. Make my day if uh, Watford and Stoke went up this year. It's, well, it's possible for Watford, not so possible for Stoke. But anyway, but you can think that, can't we? That a new song, a new song of joy, of, uh, of excitement that God is leading us into a new chapter of our adventure with him comes only when things are good, when everything's going swimmingly or smoothly. It's not true at all. The Psalms make it clear that more often than not, new songs arise out of pain, out of complexity, out of struggle, not when everything is going well. And that's certainly our experience at the moment. It's as if the new song represents the new thing that God is doing in and through us as we arise out of the ashes. About 12 years ago, uh, we were just coming home from church. Uh, it sounds like it was a big trip. It wasn't, the vicarage was next door to the church. So we literally just walked around the corner. And uh, we were, were coming in. The kids were a lot younger then. They were nine, eight, and seven. And they were taking their coats and shoes off in the porch. And Rue, our youngest, she was seven at the time. She was taking her shoes and her coat off. She was leaning. And she was leaning, it turns out, with her hand in the doorframe next to the hinges. And um, Lauren, our eldest, didn't know this. And she closed the door. And it uh, took the end of Rue's finger off, almost. It was just hanging on in there so to speak. And so we wrapped it in a uh, cloth and we, we took her to the hospital and, and we waited and we waited uh, around about four hours and then we were, we were seen and then uh, she had an operation and they were able to reattach the finger but the end, the, the very end of it was, was lost. But the uh, consultant, brilliant job uh, he did, said that uh, don't worry about that. What we're going to do is we're going to bag it up. Like, and I'm thinking, I was thinking, like, what, we're going to take the end of the finger in a bag or something? No, it was bag the whole repaired finger up. And then from the uh, end that they'd managed to repair, he said it would just grow. It would just basically reju rejuvenate and it would just appear. And it did. It was the most amazing thing. And uh, Kate was telling me that you, you look at her finger still and you can see the line. You can see where the end of the finger was and where it grew beyond that. It grew from the ruins of the existing and repaired finger and it went beyond that. It grew beyond the repair, which is an amazing thing. For us, the new song is emerging from what was. From all that lies in ruins, 
from all that is complicated and painful, both as a church and personally, and way beyond us as a church. And it's emerging out of all that might have been. Now, there's good reason to think, so very clever people say, that Psalm 98 is a hymn or a song of praise written in the last few years of the people of Israel's exile in Babylon. Now, the exile is a time in history when a huge number of people from the ancient kingdom of Judah were kept as captives in Babylon, which was the capital city of the Babylonian Empire. The captivity followed Judah's defeat in a war between the two nations and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. So as you can imagine, this was not at all a great time for the people of Judah. That's an understatement. It was rough and it was awful. Another of the Psalms, Psalm 137, captures what it was like for the people and it hints at it with the opening words. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion, when we remembered our home, when we remembered the old days. We sat and we wept. Now, Psalm 98, going back to that psalm, that also relates to the exile, that time of captivity, but it's much more hopeful than Psalm 137. And that's because it expresses God's saving help in their troubles. It doesn't just express how they felt and their expectation of God to come to their rescue. It actually articulated what God had done and was doing. In Psalm 98, the psalm writer calls on the people, the musical instruments and all of creation to sing a new song, to express that new thing that God had done, to express his marvelous deeds, to sing about God leading his people out from captivity just as he'd done from Egypt all those years before. And for us, our new song arises out of the new thing that God is doing, his marvelous deeds in and through us, his goodness towards us, his Holy Spirit giving us strength and courage to live the adventure that is beginning, just beginning to emerge. God is leading us out of ruins, out of what was, into new life. Just as he did with Jesus on the cross. And that is what our song expresses. That is what is inspiring our song. That is what will sustain our song over the days, weeks, months and years ahead the marvellous things that God has done and is doing, his salvation, as the psalm writer put it, his faithfulness and love for his people. Is there anything else to sing about that is better than that? Can the theme of any other song possibly match the love and the faithfulness of God? An English war poet and soldier and writer called Siegfried Sassoon, there's a name for you, it's a great name, wrote a beautiful poem. It's one of my favourite poems. And he wrote it to represent the moment when war ends and new life comes and freedom. 
It's called Everyone Sang. I'm just going to read it for you now. It's very short. Everyone suddenly burst out singing. And I was filled with such delight as prisoned birds must find in freedom, winging wildly across the white orchards and dark green fields on and on and out of sight. Everyone's voice was suddenly lifted and beauty came like the setting sun. My heart was shaken with tears and horror drifted away. Oh, but everyone was a bird and the song was wordless. The singing will never be done. Here in that beautiful poem, he encapsulates a truth about singing a new song to the Lord. The singing will never be done. The singing will never be done because the song lasts as long as the goodness of God and that's forever. The singing will never be done because it arises out of the freedom found only in the Lord, which is without limit. The singing will never be done because the song is fueled by the love and faithfulness of God, which stretches on and on and out of sight. Our song, it's inspired by his marvelous deeds, which never end. And because of this, our song will be forever new and never done. Forever new and never done. Because we'll be forever singing of the marvelous deeds of God, which are never done. A few months ago, John and I, uh, John here and I went for a walk. And we did it in, uh, what's it called? Greenwood Park in Chiswell Green. It's a lovely park if you're looking for a, a big play park and a cafe and an ice cream van, which John and I were at the time. And uh, anyway, on this particular day, we'd been for a walk and we were sat having a coffee and we were chatting, chatting about stuff that was going on at the time with regard to church and the investigation. It, you can imagine it was a tricky conversation, an in-depth conversation. And uh, at that point, when we were just having a deep and meaningful conversation, there was a kerfuffle. It's a good word, isn't it? Kerfuffle. I noted it down. I couldn't spell it. I had to search it. Uh, anyway, kerfuffle. There was one. And uh, from behind this, this hedge that surrounded the car park, a policeman appeared. And we'd heard raised voices and sort of vicious barking. And this policeman came uh, around the corner and said, there's a dangerous dog on the loose. You need to make yourself scarce. Well, John and I didn't need to be asked twice. I can assure you. Anyway, before we could move even, barely move, this, um, this dog came, vicious dog, came round the corner and uh, followed by a, a policeman, another policeman, and I can honestly say this policeman did not look at all committed to catching this dog. <laughs> it was... It, this. Commitment was underwhelming, that's for sure. It did not fill me with a great deal of confidence. And so John and I bravely ran for it. I mean, we literally just ran for it. But give, it, give us our due, very brave people as we were, uh, we, en route, we did manage to shout quite a lot other than help or run for it, John. Uh, so we did manage to do that and told uh, some of the, a group of elderly ladies uh, that uh, there was a vicious dog on, on the loose. 
Uh, and then we literally went to the car park and crouched behind a car. But before, this was awful, because before all of these ladies could get into the car, this dog approached this lady. She tried to beat it away with, it, with her stick, and it managed to grab her tiny dog. I don't even know what kind of dog it was, but poodle. And, uh, and managed to grab this dog and carried it off in its mouth. It was horrific. This poor lady, oh, honestly, it was it's just awful. Anyway, cut a long story short, it was a good news story because, in the end because the dog was released and it was returned to that lady and uh, John and I escaped with our lives and we were very shaken, but not as shaken as that lady who'd watched her dog carried off in the, in the teeth of this vicious dog. But anyway, at the end of it, I mean, you're thinking, gosh, we were a pair of wimps, aren't you? That's what you're thinking. Well, yes, we were. But give, in fairness, to be honest, I, what has become clear to me is that both John and I have some dog trauma from early in our childhood. Uh, I'm yet to explore it <laughs> with a professional. But uh, nevertheless, clearly that trauma exists. But we were very thankful I was very thankful that was over. I'm sure that tiny dog was very thankful that its life hadn't ended. And that lady certainly was very thankful to have her dog returned to her safely. And everyone in that park probably was thankful that they escaped without a bite or their dog being attacked. But being thankful and being grateful is an important part of the new song that we are singing recognizing that actually we will be okay because God is with us. That all will be well because God is with us. It's important to note, though, that the new purposes of God, the marvelous things, grow out of all that was and is. Like the end of our daughter's finger, growing out of the existing and the repaired. It's growing out of those times of trouble and anxiety and difficulty, maybe when we're even scared or we're worried. And so being honest about those things is really important. Being true to them with ourselves and with one another is really key. God will enable us to carry with us the joy of the past and the present, the good things that we have. And he'll enable us to carry those with us. He will also enable us to let go of the things of the past and present that are not so good. Those things that maybe caused us fear or anxiety or pain, whatever they are. And this will all happen as we sing the new song that will be forever new and never done. Maybe though, you'd really like to sing this new song. You'd like to be a part of this new song, but actually you're finding it really hard. Perhaps like the people of Judah all those years ago, you want to simply sit by the river and weep. That's okay. Be encouraged. The new song will continue to rise from our tears. Perhaps you're struggling at the moment to catch even a glimpse of the marvelous things the Lord has done, either in your church community or your own life or your own family or your own circumstances, that's okay. Be encouraged. 
The new song will rise out of our struggle to make sense of all that's going on around us. Perhaps you're having trouble to imagine that God's love and faithfulness is for you, is for you personally. That's okay. Be encouraged. The Psalms, in fact, the whole of the Bible, reminds us that the new song will emerge out of our brokenness. It's a promise. And maybe you feel like you're stuck in the wilderness between what was and what will be, in that in-between place. That's okay. Be encouraged. The new song will rise out of the ever-present hope of God. And perhaps you feel like you can't sing at all at the moment. It's not just hard. It's impossible. Too much stuff going on. Too much in your heart. Too much in your life. That's okay. Be encouraged. The song of the church will lift up its voice for you. Our new song is the song of God. And thank God we sing it together. Our own voice expresses our relationship with God, who we are, and it also expresses what we're going through. And our own voice joins with everyone else's. We lift them up together as we're united in our singing and as we support each other in our harmonies. It is a unique and distinct symphony of praise that is Soul Survivor Watford. And your voice is wanted and your voice is needed. I was reminded of this at uh, the prayer and worship evening, uh, the time before last, those amazing evenings that we've had, so powerful, so full of the holiness of God and the beauty and the love of the Lord. Very rarely in my life have I, in practice, I could probably think of it three times, and this was one of them, when I've heard more voices singing than there were people in the room. The most amazing and beautiful experience. We are singing a new song. And as Psalm 148 reminds us, and I included it in my first worship song, the angels join our song too. What a wonderful thing that is. In fact, all of creation joins in too. One of the things I love about music is that there are many contributions to be made. Different voices, different notes, different instruments and rhythms and harmonies. They can all play their part in making something beautiful that is a blessing to other people. And all of us, every single one of us, here, next door, online, all part of God's church, all of us have a contribution to make, along with the angels of heaven and all of creation, to sing our new song. And so to finish, let's carry on singing the song God is writing in and through us. Let's sing it in here and let's sing it out there. Wherever God sends us, wherever God takes us, in our homes, our families, our circle of friends, our workplaces, wherever we go, let's sing the song of the Lord. Let's contribute what we can to the symphony of praise that is Soul Survivor Watford. Let's sing of the marvelous things the Lord has done and is doing. 
Sing of his salvation. Sing of his faithfulness and love. And where we need to be real with God about the place this song is rising from, let's do it and let's support each other as we sing. The song we are singing is a song of new things so far unwritten, of new hope bursting into pain and loss, new light cascading into darkness and gloom. The song we are singing is embodying something new. And my heart, my prayer is to see this develop and swell and to grow and to transform lives in here and way beyond out there. That's my heart and my prayer. And I want to see amongst us that vision of freedom that Sassoon put in that poem. And I'm going to finish with these wonderful words now. This is my dream. I encourage this to be your dream. And where we need God's help to bring freedom, where we need his Holy Spirit to transform our lives, bring healing and hope to who we are and what we're going through. Let's do that so we can lift our voices and join the new song that he's writing and creating in us. Everyone's voice was suddenly lifted and beauty came like the setting sun. My heart was shaken with tears and horror drifted away. Oh, but everyone was a bird and the song was wordless. The singing will never be done. Amen.